So how, how would something like Ricky Gervais at the Oscars work in that context? Yeah, so this is so are you referring are you referring to like the, the presenting he does of the yeah 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 the most yeah. recent one yeah yeah it's, it's it, I think it's, it's the Golden Globes he does oh, that might have been it yeah yeah it's Golden Globes that, yeah sorry sorry Golden yeah. Globes Which yeah I so think what do you think Michael of just Ricky loves the Oscars Globes. he goes on and on about it so <laughs> <laughs> well the, well the distinction there's interesting because he would never get employed for the Oscars would he he does the Golden Globes because from what I can gather the Golden Globes is essentially a joke isn't it like the whole isn't it like it's, you just buy the award don't you don't so who does the gold Golden Globes and who does the Oscars whereas it's like the, the, the Oscars whole... is a deeply meaningful yeah. Uh, uh, is Golden Lord. Globes like the Kevin Hart? No, 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 that was the Oscars. Oscars. Jack, what does it mean when you call something a joke in that instance? In what? In, in sorry, in when what? you call the Golden Globes a joke? Right. Well, so that <laughs> so in, in the sense that what I mean, the Golden Globes is funny because it shows the ridiculousness of having these award ceremonies to congratulate millionaires on their acting and they're, gi- and they're ah, giving them totally, to, yeah. to themselves <laughs> yes exactly yeah. yeah so it's just like look and and ironically what do they they all get up and do don't they it's, Make it's like up. buster keaton uh uh handshaking everyone yes yeah yeah and isn't and they all get up and say you know we need to fight whatever whatever whatever's flavor of the month uh mm. need mm. to do you know what i mean what's next yeah, I don't know. yeah. talk about political uh, correctness like my formulation was instead of speaking truth to power it's power holding on to truth yes oh that's nice yeah that's good there is something to this like so you've talked before jack about how extras is different to the office in the respect that it's about lampooning celebrity but the celebrity status still remains like it's untouched yeah Mm -hmm. and there's something about ricky in these public performances supposedly like talking truth to power, yeah. but ce- that celebrity remains. And it's the same thing that functions in celebrity roasts, which are so popular. Yeah. So for you in that, in that, in, in that context, is that true or false comedy? False comedy. Yeah. Yeah. What would it take for it to be true comedy? This, this is where the thin line might be. I think we referred to earlier. It's, it's, it's something I, I use the term minimal difference a lot in the book and the idea of the one being split. So when when in something like extras, you get the celebrities performing versions of themselves. So you get the gap between uh, the example I draw upon in the book is Chris Martin, the lead singer of Coldplay, uh, who was, you know, did, does a lot of charity work. Uh, so he, he comes on and performs. Chris Martin performs Chris Martin. But that creates that sort of gap between Chris Martin and his symbolic identity. And it's in that gap where false comedy lies because it maintains the distance between the two. It can be cynical. Um, uh, Chris Martin can go on to extras and perform this exaggerated version of himself, uh, but then walk off, you know, when cut, you know, extras is finished, he can go, (laughs) you know, they'll like this. So it's a kind of a, a roasting of himself, a lampooning of himself, that despite the fact he's performing himself, it creates a distance, I believe, it creates a sort of cynical distance. And I think I think that's what they're doing whenever they do these sort of talk shows, isn't it? You've got you've got a, a, a ceremonies. Oh, yeah. You've got Ricky Gervais mm. just lampooning all these people. I suppose the jump there, the minimal difference into true comedy is to sort of is in many ways to subvert that, to show that the ridiculousness of it is is the show. Perhaps perhaps more of the ridiculousness of, of it is in the fact that that you you can uh, celebrities can perform themselves you know the fact of a notion of a celebrity would in itself be the comedy how can you have this person yeah a celebrity yeah. performing themselves i just think that, that there's something to this idea that in antiquity you have power and a jester right yes. like the court has its jester 
Yeah. But the idea is that the jester functions in such a way that it, it can be taken away at any point in time. Yeah. It has to maintain its role pleasing the king. Like the idea is that you, you have to be thick-skinned if you're the object of ridicule. Yeah. Which is that you have to maintain some kind of minimal distance. Like Zizek talks about how like how there's a monstrosity to your direct identification with a symbolic mandate. Yep. So someone like Ricky Gervais performing at the Golden Globes, is he performing as Ricky Gervais or is he performing as like the performance itself of being Ricky Gervais? I think he's performing Ricky Gervais, but I think that gets, and so Ricky Gervais performs Ricky Gervais and says, makes a comment about Brad Pitt or something or other, about Brad Pitt being ridiculous or something or other. Now, that is often reported both in the media and in the clips that get shared afterwards as, ha, 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 look at Ricky Gervais taking the mick out of Brad Pitt. Now, there might actually still be that minimal difference, that sort of line where actually, yeah, you should be laughing at Brad Pitt type thing, but that right. gets lost, if that makes sense. It, it, it's, it's laying bare that, that, that minimal difference, um, which is key. The, the minimal... You guys, I was talking about Michael, uh, this, uh, I think I mentioned it to you on Twitter, Michael, that I couldn't, I was kicking myself, you know, the Austin Powers example, allow myself to introduce myself. That, that, that's the minimal difference, if you know what I mean, that gets lost, I right. think, in, in false comedy. It gets lost in the reporting of Ricky Gervais, if that... Ricky Gervais is taking the mick out of these people um, and he's getting paid a lot of money for doing about it. So he's probably, you know, he's in a false position there, but I, I would still hold on to that. There's a subversive potential in what he's saying. And, and to, towards that, I think, what would you hope for someone to do in that, in that situation? Like what would be a, an amazing thing for them to do? Would maybe one of them being pointing out that they all supported Harvey Weinstein when it was convenient, because I've never seen anyone look as uncomfortable as Tom Hanks did when, he made a joke about it. Yeah, I know. I thought this, and this is it. This is, yeah. How could you carry on the joke? How could you make sure that that the potential there, which you've just highlighted is contained? I don't know. Perhaps I asked too much of people here. Perhaps Ricky Gervais could write an essay on why he thinks <laughs> that could get released or distributed out. I think, I think it's interesting because I do, I suppose this is, this is, this is perhaps a conundrum we get to because, you know, perhaps, perhaps you could have a, what's that, what's that film where the news presenter goes mental live on air or something? Uh, ne network. 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 That movie's yeah. so good. Or if he had like a network breakdown and he just refused, yeah. he just refused yeah. to move from, from the podium. Which is, which is basically what his character does in extras in the Christmas special, right? Like when he's on some sort of big brother celebrity show or whatever, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, yeah. That's a good example. Uh, yeah. I, I, had an, I had an example of just when we talk about uh, like celebrities, I'm probably going to, you know, we can cut this because it's it, it's another reference to Nathan for you. But uh, uh, the the celebrity appearance on talk shows, uh, and he's making he's making a, a joke about the way that celebrities present themselves, and he he notices he kind of plays the idiot. He's like, I've I noticed that they always have a, a good a charming story of something that happens to them, and that it's and that it has to be true, otherwise people will find out and it's very embarrassing for them. So he sets about for the entire episode, constructing a fake story that he's going to tell on Jimmy Kimmel live. <laughs> it is true in that everything that happens does happen to him. Like he goes to a funeral uh, wearing a suit that's too big for him. And in the suit, there's uh, his mother's ashes that look like cocaine when he gets pulled over by the cops. So it's like, it's a story that actually happens, but it's been entirely like preconceived by him. And he yeah. goes on Jimmy Kimmel live and, 
tells it to the crowd and it seems like it's true but the end of it is that he reveals that on jimmy kimmel it was both a truth and a lie it was like a fake true story that happened right so, yeah that's so that, yeah that sounds brilliant that would sound that's sounds, very good yeah it's nathan i'm gonna have to go watch yeah you, you gotta watch I'd, it it's i'd have probably rewritten the book using nathan for you example um <laughs> that's like a truth has a structure of a fiction exactly right? big time yeah definitely and i I spoke, I, I heard, a, I read, who did I read? I think I read it in an article, article the other day. It's the duped who do not err or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A clever way of, you know, uh-huh. the duped, the non-duped err, mm-hmm. the duped who do not err is actually, you want to be in that position of the duped who do not err, if that makes sense. You're, you're understanding. You like adopt, you adopt the position of the kind of idiot in a way. Or the yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that's what interpassivity, interpassivity gives us. If I just to draw upon mm. another, I think I think that it allows you to be in that that position of of understanding the fiction, but enough space to subvert the fiction because I think we can only subvert it through meeting the real in the symbolic. Would be that you know you still need the symbolic order. I think would, would be my which right. I've always heard that you you need to be in the game to change it. You know what I mean? If you're always going to be the maverick on the outskirts, then you're never going to be able to. Despite the fact you need to know where that outskirt is, because yeah, it always includes itself. Mm. Yes. So we can perhaps confront the real in these moments of the duped who do not err. That's where the real appear or mm. that's where the limits of the symbolic order become visible. And that's an opportunity for- and then, Yeah. And in some sense, comedy is about pointing toward the symbolic and the arbitrariness, the simultaneous arbitrariness and mm. necessity of it. Yeah, yeah, it's limits. The fact that it is limited, that the fact yeah. that its own limits comprise its, its arbitrariness, its inconsistency. Because yeah. it's there's not a, there's funny a great... enough to just, to just point to it like, Pointing it and like messing around with like how it could be otherwise and why it's that way is also like a big part of comedy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the limits of the symbolic paradoxically produce the real. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's the difficult part, right? Like when you try to conceive of the real and you realize that there's a limit to language and it's at that limit that you have to suppose that the real is there. Yeah, they're they're entwined. Yeah. So each of those red. So how how would something like <laughs>